I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Pass thrown. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, courtesy of The Athletic, a subscription-based sports news site for real fans. It's a great mix of national voices that you already know, like Jay Glazer, Mike Sandow, Mike Lombardi, the late, great Don Banks, or for The Athletic, too, and awesome local writers. In fact, one of my buddies, Harif Hassan, covers the Vikings, and I was just reading an awesome article that he wrote about this critical offseason for the Vikings. So if you're somebody that likes coverage of your own team, Great, plenty of that, but if you're somebody that likes coverage of other teams like I do, you can get tons of great writers that cover teams besides your own, and as I said, great national writers too. And here's the best part, not only do you get first-rate reporting, but you get all kinds of great analysis, advanced analytics, in-depth player profiles, and more, and it's completely ad-free, no clickbait, just great content. Pro sports, college sports, the athletic has it all. So if you're not subscribing yet, you're really missing out. Want to get in on the action? I got a great deal for you. Just for being a Play Like a Jet listener, you can go to theathletic.com slash overtime, all lowercase letters, and you'll get yourself 40% off a year subscription. 40%, that's a lot. Go to theathletic.com slash overtime, all lowercase letters, and get all of this fantastic sports coverage in the athletic for 40% off today. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet One. And it's time for part three of the final mailbag before free agency kicks off Monday at four o'clock. Well, free agency technically kicks off on Wednesday, but it's the legal tampering period. And that's when all the deals start to get going. So before we give you our final preview coming up just after midnight, late Sunday, early Monday morning, we're going to finish out the mailbag with the rest of your questions. And, of course, as always, to do that, we bring in the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at JetsInsider.com. Of course, above all that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So, Chris, let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from Peter J. Dillard. He says, gentlemen, let's talk running backs. Okay, Peter, let's talk running backs. Since I have absolutely no faith the usurper will use Le'Veon Bell correctly, who do you think the other running backs will be? 
Any free agents or draft prospects that stand out? Finally, do you have a belief that any of these guys will ever be used correctly? Gase didn't even know what to do with Montgomery, let alone Bell. Got a point there, Peter. One name that I would watch is Josh Adams. We saw him get a little bit of playing time down the stretch, but he's somebody that Joe Douglas clearly likes from his time in Philadelphia. He actually was pretty productive when he was in Philly, and I think he might get more playing time in 2020. I also think they may go after somebody in the draft. Anthony McFarland Jr. is a name that I've heard. He's somebody that might be on the board in the fourth round. Very, very fast. I think he would be a nice compliment to Bell and Adams, too, because he brings blazing speed, which the Jets don't have with anybody that they currently have at running back. There are some guys that they could get to as free agents, some middle-of-the-road type veterans, but those are the guys that I would be looking at. I think they may draft a running back, and I think that Adams is going to get more of a look in 2020. Yeah, I I can see Adams getting more of a look. I don't know at this point what to expect out of how good he'll be, um, but I could definitely see him get more of a look. Um, it's funny. I, you know, I did one of those mock draft simulators like a a couple months ago when, and this was at the time when we were still thinking that it was probably closer to likely that Le'Veon would be traded. And I, I drafted, I think in the the simulation I did, I, I drafted, um, Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt, I think. And, and that one, um, in like the fourth, the fifth round, something like that. And people were like, why are you drafting a running back? They're not drafting a running back. Listen, they're they're gonna keep Le'Veon Bell now at this point because it they're just not gonna be able to get rid of him for anything that makes sense. But that doesn't mean that they're not. Uh, this is gonna be the last year of Le'Veon here. Um, so they can go and they can still draft somebody else, and then they will have the replacement for Le'Veon Bell there. Um, I don't see them really uh, signing anybody worthwhile in free agency. They're not. They're obviously not going to spend a high enough pick to get a DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor, probably even a J.K. Dobbins. But I don't know where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to fall. Uh, Anthony McFarland is somebody who I really like too. I think that would be a really good fit. But Peter made an excellent point talking about not using Bell correctly. But this isn't the first time that Emma Gates has struggled with running backs. We see what Kenyon Drake did once he left him. Um and then partially it's, you know, we can't put all this on Gase because the offensive line was just atrocious run blocking. So just the fact that if they do upgrade enough uh, on the offensive line, that'll help Bell. And Bell will have a much better year, even if Gase doesn't change the way he uses him. Um, but those are the guys I'd look at in the, the draft. I, I think you're right about Josh Adams getting more of a look. I just don't know that that's something that I'd expect to pay dividends. Um, and Anthony McFarlane, a Keyshawn Vaughn, a AJ Dillon. I could see, uh, one of those types of guys, uh, being drafted and, you know, Probably, probably, I probably don't see them taking them with one of those third round picks, but with those fourth and fifth round, you could probably see them taking one of those guys if they're available. Next question comes in from AJ Tronzano. He says, "What's your realistic ideal free agent wish list? Mine is Vitae at ten million, Glasgow at ten million, Paramin at seven million, Fowler at ten million, resign pool for eight million, Beecham at ten million, and Jenkins at ten million." And another two lower tier CBs, that would be $65 million with expected $75 million in cap space. Numbers are probably off, but I do think it's realistic minus a player or two. Well, first of all, I will say there's no way you're getting Dante Fowler for $10 million. He got more than that last year before he had his breakout season, so I think he's getting at least $15 million. I don't think it's a terrible wish list. I'm fine with bringing back Poole or Jenkins. I do think that a lot of Jets fans are getting a little crazy about Brian Poole. I'd like to see him back, but let's remember something. He was very, very average at best in Atlanta. And if you go and watch his tape from this past year, he played well. But there were some opportunities to give up big plays, and he got lucky some of the time. So I do want to see him back. But people acting like he's the greatest slot corner in the history of football are getting a little bit crazy with him. I don't hate the idea of bringing back Beecham. It wouldn't be my first choice, but I think it's acceptable, especially since there aren't a lot of great options. I'd prefer Peters on a one- or two-year deal, but we'll see how that shakes out. Paramin's an okay contingency plan, I guess, if Robbie Anderson leaves. 
I don't know about Vitae. That's a lot of money for a guy that's never been a full-time starter. I guess if Joe Douglas believes in him, then fine. But I think that you'd be better off going out and getting Peters, if you could, than giving Vitae a multi-year contract. Glasgow at $10 million, I think he's probably going to get between 10 and 12 So I think that's fair. And I think that he's one of the guys that should be at the very top of the Jets' wish list, mostly because... I just don't know that Joe Tooney and Jack Conklin are coming here. I wouldn't even pay Jack Conklin anyway. Tooney's the guy that I would really go after, but he's going to have so many options. I think Glasgow's a guy that if you really focus on him and give him a good contract, you might realistically be able to get him. So I think it's a decent plan. I have my quibbles with it here and there, and I certainly think that you're undervaluing what Dante Fowler's going to get on the open market, but it's not bad. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you about Fowler getting more money than that. I also agree that I'd be willing to pay that money. Uh, bring him here with the defensive – with the line, the guys that they got up front here, I think he could really uh, thrive and, and do well here. Um, I do kind of agree with you about Poole, uh, that, but this, this is – we know how fans operate. This is what fans do, especially somebody who comes in and exceeds expectations – all of a sudden, fans act like this person is the most valuable person ever and you can't possibly get rid of him. The, the one thing that I will say that leads me to be like, all right, you're getting a little carried away, but I'm, I'll still rock with you to make sure you have to keep cool, is they don't get Byron Jones and then, then all of, and they let uh, um, Poole walk and all of a sudden all you got is uh, bless Austin, you're hoping to continue to stay healthy and carry what he did last year. And then that opens up another hole for you there. So I think it is important and imperative the Jets get a deal for a pool. And while I agree with you, it's at this point we're getting to a point where pool is probably a little overrated. I don't want to have to worry about how I'm going to fill that nickel slot now in addition to all the other spots. So I'm with you there. Um, let's see, who, who else are we talking about here? Uh, oh, Perriman. I, 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 I don't want Perriman. I'm not a Paramount believer. I wasn't when he was coming out of college. I know I I used him at the end of my fantasy league last year in that Tampa Bay offense when the other receivers were going down. I know he had that nice stretch to close out the season and a Bruce Arians offense uh, with Jameis Winston throwing the ball all over the place and getting racking up yards all over the place. I'm not a believer in Paramount. If if they bring back Robbie and then they sign him and draft two receivers and he's like your fourth or fifth receiver, cool, but he's probably going to get paid more than you should pay somebody at that. I, I, I don't, I'm not a Paramount guy. Uh, I have never been a Paramount guy and I'm not going to get fooled by that four week stretch he had at the end of the season. That leads into our next question, Chris, comes in from Permanently Aflame. He says, given the history of bad contracts at the position, should the Jets avoid corner in free agency altogether, just re-sign Poole and look to add a second-day corner in the draft and maybe a later-round pick, longer-term project approach? I think that's a fairly realistic way to look at this. Maybe you go out and you get an okay veteran. If you can get someone like Trey Waynes, then maybe I would do that. But if you look at how the Jets should spend their resources in free agency and compare it to the strength of the draft, it just seems to me that spending a lot of money on corner wouldn't make a lot of sense given who the free agents are. If they get Byron Jones, fine, but I don't think he's coming here. I think he's probably going to Philly or somewhere else. I wouldn't spend that money on Bradbury, as we've already talked about. If you could get Waynes for a reasonable price, maybe I would do that. But there's other ways that you could go. You could get somebody who's actually like Brian Poole in the sense that if you remember, the Jets signed Brian Poole to a one-year deal for not that much money because he'd been an okay player in Atlanta and he had a pretty good year. So maybe you go and get somebody that you think fits that kind of mold, a corner who's a veteran that maybe you can sign on the cheap and hope for something from him. And then, as you said, go into the draft and try and grab somebody. You could even try and sign Jimmy Smith to a one-year deal or a two-year deal along the lines of what we were talking about with Peters because he's an older player with ties to Joe Douglas who you might be able to get on a short-term deal and he could come in and at least be a patchwork solution. That's a possibility. You could go to the Philadelphia Eagles and try to trade a late-round conditional pick for Sidney Jones because maybe Joe Douglas believes that he could still get something out of Jones. So There are a lot of ways that you can go, but I do think that what you're saying makes a lot of sense. 
I don't know that there are a lot of cornerbacks worth spending big money on. So I think if they do anything in free agency, it's more likely that they get a stopgap option than spend big money on a player corner. Yeah, I think there's basically two things here. It's you sign uh, Byron Jones or you kind of ignore the position in free agency. Uh, you know, you can pick up a guy here or there for not much money. I'm cool with that. But uh, going after Bradbury or I'm not really in love with the idea of uh, the Trey Waynes thing at this point. Um, and again, I think that you could look at the draft. You could probably find somebody there. Now I'm trusting Douglas to make the right guy decision there and see if he can do it. But, uh, you know, first time entering a draft as the guy, the man. So I can't uh, say that he can't do it until he does or doesn't. Um, but again, there you could also go the trade route uh, where you could go and get somebody who's just not a fit in that system. Uh and that would be a better fit with Greg Williams. You, there's so many teams that play cover three, um, do all this zone stuff that Greg Williams doesn't want to do. And maybe they have a, a, you know, somebody who would be a better fit with Greg Williams as a press man corner. Um, maybe you can do that. Um, there, there's different ways to go about it. You could wait till training camp cuts and probably find somebody who's uh, serviceable. Uh, get him a little cheaper at that point. But I, I think if you're not signing Byron Jones, and I do agree that the, that there, I wouldn't have that as uh, very likely to happen. I think that def- they're 100% going to look into it. I just don't think that they're going to be willing to be the highest bidder on him. Um, so then I'd, I'd look to use some of those mid-round picks in the draft and see if you can swing a trade for somebody a team doesn't value as much as you do. Uh, and I just think there's different ways to do it. But, yeah, again, that's that's why I do think it would be imperative to sign Poole just because I don't want to open up another um, uh, cornerback slot that needs to be filled. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I just don't see them spending big money on cornerback in this situation. Next question comes in from Josh Egert. He says, I'd be content to sit at 11 and take the best available offensive lineman or wide receiver. Luckily, this year's draft is deepest at those two positions that the Jets need the most. Critical to add at least one free agent offensive lineman, no matter what, though. I wouldn't take a receiver at 11. I know Chris disagrees. But yeah, in general, I think that's fine. Just sit at 11, see how the board breaks. And if there's an offensive lineman or a receiver that you really like, go ahead and grab them. Then maybe you could trade down in a scenario like we talked about with the Denver Broncos if you want to do that. So yeah, I think sit at 11, see how the board breaks, and figure it out from there. Yeah, I agree. And you know, I would still, especially right now, I'm saying the way it falls, one of those top four guys, I'm taking one of the offensive linemen. But even if one of those top four guys are there and he goes with uh, Judy or CD, listen, people listening to this podcast know that I have uh, – I have had a obsession with both CD Lamb and uh, Jerry Judy for a long time now. So if any way Joe Douglas drafts those two, you're not going to hear a peep of criticism from me, even if I would have gone a different route. But yeah, if if you stay, if they stay at eleven and they come away with one of one of those positions, those top four guys or those top three receivers, I'm not going to knock it at all. Now if they go. Uh, with Ch- Chiasen, the edge guy from LSU, I'm probably going to knock it. Uh, I'm definitely going to knock it. If they go with, uh, you know, C.J. Anderson, the cornerback from Florida, I'm going to knock it. But if they take um, offensive linemen or one of those receivers with that first pick, you're not going to hear a peep of criticism out of me. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. 
Ramps business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramps software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Jack McAnally. He says, what do you make of the success the Jets had on opening drives, and who do you blame more for the drop-off afterwards, the players or the coaches? Are the players only good at executing plays they practiced that week, or are the coaches just not adjusting? So I've actually talked about this before. It kind of reminds me of 2017 when the Jets would get off to a hot start with John Morton. And then as soon as they went off script, everything fell off a cliff. It seemed like that was what was going on with the Jets this year. I think it's a combination of they need upgrades at a lot of key positions. So that was a big part of it. But also the coaching. Adam Gase never made adjustments. And he had a lot of problems once teams figured out what he was doing. So I think they need better coaching. I think they need better personnel. It's not just one or the other. And I think that when they get better personnel, and I hope that that's what Joe Douglas delivers this offseason, Adam Gase is going to have to figure out a way to step up. Because it can't just be that they start out strong with the scripted plays and then fall off cliff there's no way that that's going to be successful yeah realistically it's probably like a 50 50 thing uh half the coaching and half just especially the offensive line was just they were so bad last year that it was it was really tough there was going to be a, a really hard thing for them to be able to coach their way around it um but at the same time and this is something we've all talked about during the season they weren't trying stuff that was obvious that they should try. Um, you know, just simple stuff like using Le'Veon Bell more as a receiver, uh, lining him out wide, just simple things. And that goes back to the coaching. And whether or not it would have worked, I still have my doubts. But as you want to watch a coach with you're struggling, when the offense is struggling, you want to see that coach trying different things, trying to mix it up, try something different. And Adam Gase stubbornly refused to. So it goes back to the coaching, even though I know that a lot of he was limiting what he would try to do because of the limitations off the offensive line. It's a catch-22 type of situation, chicken or the egg thing. Um, but it comes back to the coaching, in my opinion, when you don't even try these types of things. Next question comes in from Joe Horning. He says, what's the likelihood that the Jets re-sign Jamal Adams this offseason? I feel like if the Jets are unable to make any splash moves in free agency, locking down the team's best player and giving him security seems like a good idea. I think Manish outlined a good possibility. Give him a three-year extension after the next two years. That way he's locked up for five years total. I think that makes a lot of sense, not only from a quality of player standpoint, because you want to have Jamal Adams here for the long haul, but also, as you said, if they don't make any big splashes in free agency, it's still a way to deliver something to the fans that they can feel good about and rally around as they head into the draft. So I think that it would make a lot of sense. As far as the actual framework, that makes some sense to me too. You give him three years on top of the two. You could even give him five on top of the two, because remember, he's only 24 years old. So even even if you gave him seven years total, he'd only be 31 when the contract is finished. And you could figure that, if nothing else, he would be productive for the bulk of that contract, even if he doesn't necessarily earn another one after that. So it depends on how they want to go with it, but I could see a three-year deal on top of the two. I could even see a five-year deal on top of the two. But either way, I think that they would be very wise to try and get this done at some point, either before or just after the draft. And I do think that there's a pretty strong likelihood they're going to get it done. I would say probably a 60 to 70% chance it gets done. I, I might even go a little higher to say 70 to 80 chance that I gets done. I think it would be after a free agency, probably after it'd probably be like right around training camp when they do it, uh, see how much money they spend in free agency, see how the draft goes and uh, they have to allocate the money that way. 
and then they could try to figure out a way to finagle that deal um, the best with the salary cap, whether they want to front load some money this year or they want to go cheap this year. You know, if they sign a bunch of free agents and they spend a bunch of money this offseason, then they can do it so they give them a little a bit of a small cap hit this year and then spread it out later. If they don't sign a bunch, then they can – load up on a huge cap hit this year and then make it less there. Um, I think the uh, three additional years and five years, I think that's what it'll end up being. Um, I, I don't, I don't think it would be wise for Jamal to do anymore uh, for Jamal's sake. You take that five year deal, you get that stability, that money right now. And then he hits 29 and he still has a chance to get an, another contract and when that's going to, the price is going to go up anymore. So I think it would be, be a good, if the Jets could convince him to do a five years on top of the two, then go for it. But I, I don't think Jamal would go for that. Uh, I think getting that five-year max out of him there would probably be the most likely that he'd be willing to do. But I think after free agency plays out, the draft plays out, that's when I think they'll sit down there and hammer this all out with them because it really doesn't make sense for them to do it right now when they don't know how free agency is going to go because like I said they can stagger the cat hit uh, uh, spread it out over years so some years is bigger more so wait to see how the free agency plays out how you're gonna the cap's gonna look and then you can look to build the contract around everything else there. Next question comes in from Dean McGowan. He says, who do you think are the top five free agents the Jets are most likely to sign? Not a wish list, but who you would be least surprised to see them get. So I'll include internal free agents in this one. I think they're going to bring back Brian Poole. I think they're going to get Graham Glasgow. I think they're going to bring back Alex Lewis. Beyond that, hard to say. I'm going to give you those three, and then after that, I'll give you a couple of theoreticals. I think there's a 50-50 chance Robbie Anderson comes back. I think there's a decent chance that Jordan Jenkins comes back. I think there's a decent chance that Kelvin Beecham comes back. But the only three that I'm reasonably confident that the Jets are going to get are Glasgow, and it's just a feeling on my part. I just feel like they're going to zero in on him and be able to get that one locked up. And then I think they're going to bring back Alex Lewis, and I think they're going to bring back Brian Poole. Yeah, I'm with you on all three of those guys, especially Glasgow. Again, the the versatility, that's somebody that I fully expect them to target and go after. Um, I think there's a better chance that uh, that they'll be able to sign Thune than you do, but not enough for me to go ahead and and put him in, include him in here too. Um, but yeah, outside of that, it's really tough because, again, I – I, th- I think they'll make a run at Byron Jones. I don't think they'll be willing to be the highest bidder on him. I don't think they'd be willing to be the highest bidder on Bradbury. Um, Fowler, maybe they would be. I think Fowler is somebody who could maybe creep in there, but I I, if, I don't know how comfortable I feel saying that I, I think he's definitely going to be here. Um, there's, not, there's not that many options that I can look here and say, like, yeah, okay, they're going to be able to get that guy. And it's because – the people that they're going to go after, they're going to have competition for. Um, <clears throat> these offensive linemen, I know that's why you probably are think less of uh, their chances of signing Thune than, than I do, but he is going to be a coveted guy, and he's going to make uh, and command big money here. I just think that they'll be willing to pony up for that. So I think that there is a realistic shot, but again – I don't know I'd put him in that top five. So I, I think I'm just going to have to kind of roll roll with yours because I don't know where else you're looking. Um, I don't see them really, you know, wasting their time with anything meaningful at running back or tight end or linebacker or, or obviously safety. Like there's only a couple of positions that they're really looking to target in free agency. And I, I, I've talked about this too before. If they go big with Byron Jones or one of the offensive linemen or even if you want to classify Fowler as big, those are really the only big options I see them doing. I think Joe Douglas is going – he wants to do more of a Philadelphia-Baltimore Ravens approach to free agency where it's more about retaining your guys, uh, getting comp picks for the guys you don't retain, building through the draft. It's just this year – 
they're in such bad shape that he's going to have to break out and try to do some spending some of that on a couple positions, but it's just those positions. So, and those positions are going to be the most uh, competitive positions to fill. So it's really hard to say, like, I'm just going to go with a top five that I feel confident they can do because I can't come up with five names that I feel confident they'll be able to sign. Next question comes in from Abstract Analyst. He says, assuming Douglas does what we're hoping and expecting this offseason and rebuilds the offensive line, how many games before Adam Gase is relieved of his job? (laughs) That's what we call wishful thinking. I don't think that one necessarily has anything to do with the other. Realistically, we talked about this before, but... I think there's a good chance that the Jets upgrade the roster just enough and Darnold plays just well enough for Adam Gase to keep his job because the Jets make a little bit of progress. We'll see what happens in terms of the schedule and if the Jets end up disappointing record-wise because if Woody Johnson comes back, perhaps he sees that and chooses to move on. A lot of variables there, but I don't know that rebuilding the offensive line is what's going to end up getting Adam Gase fired. In fact, I would think it's probably the opposite because if anything, it would help him to do better in 2020 and maybe just well enough to not get fired. Yeah, if we're, if we're talking about in-season, I don't think it's going to have any impact. Uh, the only way I see Adam Gase getting fired in-season is the same thing I talked about during uh, the end of last season, is he would have to be doing something saying something, making a mess of something to the point where it was like, this is a toxic situation and we need to move on immediately, get remove him from everything. And uh, I don't, I don't think that that that's likely to happen. Um, If the season doesn't go as planned, I can uh, absolutely, I honestly, I, I'd be, I might lean a little more towards uh, surprised if he survives after next season, but I don't think that they're going to end up firing him during the season. I think if the only way that happens is if he just shoots his mouth off or makes such a mess doing something and brings it upon himself. Um, I, but I can see them building up the offensive line and being better uh, in that area. And then the offense still struggling and Adam Gase still being, uh, you know, a little nept offensively genius wise and that, you know, the defense of him will fall off a little bit. And then at the end of the season, they're like, all right, we got to move in a different direction. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day. Couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Next question comes in from Beeman321. Steaming Willie Beeman, is that you? He says... Finally got around to listening to last week's mailbag and the Ngakwe trade had me thinking, could the Jets spend their money without signing a free agent and start getting some comp picks next year? Here's a scenario I came up with. Jets should have about $65 million in cap space. They could trade their 2024th and 2021 first for Ngakwe and sign him for $21 million a year. They could trade for Alshon Jeffrey absorbing $9 million and they could get a draft pick there for him from the Eagles for taking on the contract. They could re-sign Kelvin Beecham for $10 million a year. And they could let Anderson Jenkins and Poole all leave and get two to three 2021 comp picks. Now you're thinking like Bill Belichick. The only problem, of course, is that the Jets don't have Bill Belichick, so I'm not so sure that this formula ends up working because they have so many holes to fill. I get where you're going with this, though. I think loading up on comp picks is generally not a terrible way to go, but it's very hard 
when you're a team that's looking to put a competitive product on the field from year to year and you're essentially letting go of all the productive players that you actually have. Getting Ngakwe, though, would be a nice move, certainly. And I think if you let go of Poole, Anderson, and Jenkins, I think Poole is probably the most likely to stay of the three. Then you got to go out and replace all three of them, and that's not easy. I know that you would be theoretically replacing Jenkins with Ngakwe, but then you would still need somebody on the other side of Ngakwe, perhaps somebody along the lines of what Jordan Jenkins would bring to the table. You'd have to replace Anderson. I suppose you could do that in the draft, and you'd have to replace Poole. So I get where you're going with that, and it's not the craziest thing I've ever heard, but with the Jets, it's hard because they have so many holes to fill. It works a lot easier with a team like the Patriots where they let guys go because they don't want to pay them and then they collect the comp picks yeah the i i like the where his head's at i like the way he's thinking uh and i do think that is a strategy you will see joe douglas employ going forward i just this year with the offensive line need specifically they have to spend that money and spending that money on kelvin beecham is not enough also i I don't. I don't think we're talking about this enough, but I don't think Kelvin Beecham wants to come back here. <laughs> I. I think he's made that clear. He's not happy with Gates. He doesn't want to come back and play with Gates. Um, but I think you just if this wasn't such a huge, crucial year for Darnold, um, or if they had better offensive line in place, then I'd be more for this. And I like the Ngakwe part of it, that thinking thought process. But you have to go spend money on that offensive line for for Darnold's sake. For this year three of Darnold, you you just have to. And so I think you're just going to have to kind of suck it up and go light with comp picks again this year. But you hope that Joe Douglas does enough um, this year building into it um, that starting next year you can employ that type of strategy. Next question comes in from Tim. He says, would you consider signing Jack Conklin and trading for Trent Williams and then using the number 11 pick on a wide receiver? I think the problem there, Tim, is that you'd be committing $40 million a year to the tackle spot. And don't get me wrong, you obviously want to upgrade, but I think the whole thing is if you get Williams, you're not going to go chase Conklin. Williams is an elite player. I think he's obviously much better than Conklin. The major difference there is that with Conklin, you don't have to surrender draft picks and he's younger. With Williams, you're getting a much better player. I think you get one or the other. I can't see a scenario where Joe Douglas goes and gets both. I think the idea would be to get a cheap tackle in the draft on the other side because then you can easily manage your cap. You have one expensive tackle and one cheap tackle on a rookie deal. So I think that's more likely what you're looking at. Chris, I want to talk about this Trent Williams thing for a second. What are your thoughts on this? I know we both agree that Trent Williams, when he last played, was an elite tackle, but we know Injury issues, he's 32, wants $20 million, going to require a fairly hefty investment in draft picks. You heard Manish say on the podcast earlier this week that he thinks it's going to take a second rounder plus to get Williams at the minimum, and that's if Daniel Snyder even relents. There's the possibility that Daniel Snyder asks for an insane haul, doesn't get it, and then goes back and says, see, I gave it a shot, I did my best. But nobody wanted to give up what we wanted that we thought was fair value for Trent. And so we're keeping him. And then maybe they try and talk him into staying. They figure out something with the new coaching staff. Because let's remember, Trent Williams is 32. How many more years is he going to sit out? And I think this is where the disconnect comes with fans. They think that the Redskins have no leverage. But you got to remember a couple of things. Number one, the Redskins have leverage in that every day that Trent Williams sits out is another day of his career that's wasted and that he's not getting paid for, which is different if you're 25 or 26 than if you're 32. On top of that, they have the leverage of having multiple teams interested. So it's not like the Jets can just lowball the Redskins, which I've seen a lot of people suggesting that the Jets could just waltz in, offer a fourth rounder, and be done with it. And they've got Trent Williams. That's not going to play out. And also, let's remember that Daniel Snyder is incredibly stubborn. He could have traded Trent Williams last year and didn't because he didn't want to give in. Why would he all of a sudden want to take a massive public L by trading him now for a discount? 
down in price. I just can't see that happening. So I think that a lot of fans have unrealistic expectations for that. And I also think that there's no way that the Jets are going to be investing $40 million in two tackles. Yeah, we'll start with that part. I I don't see them paying two tackles. Um, I would one pay one tackle, draft one tackle, cool, good, or pay one tackle and a, and a guard, draft a couple interior guys, and hope a doga is the answer at the other tackle spot, cool. Uh, one of those two situations is how I see it shaking out. There's always all we're talking about uh, poss- the p- possibility of trading for a player that's on the on Washington. And there's always the possibility <laughs> that Daniel Snyder will cut his nose to spite his face. Um, the I know a, a lot of people were freaking out over Trent Williams saying he wants $20 million. I want $20 million too. Trent Williams is going to get a lot closer to $20 million than I would ever be able to get, but he's not getting $20 million. And We get too hung up on this stuff when someone uh, comes out or report, I want this. Cool. You want that. You're not going to get that. Um, that's just that's how negotiations work, though. You're smart. You ask for way more than you want, and then you come down and you get less. Um, but let's just go with a hypothetical here and say you could get him, you know, for like a, a second, and just something cheap, and then it, it wouldn't be too outrageous of a price. I still – I have no idea how I would feel about just having him – on the on this team because when he last played he was among the best offensive linemen in football if not the best offensive lineman in football and I still think he has that talent and ability but he hasn't played in a while and he has health and in, injury work uh, concerns this has been like this could go in any conceivable direction. They could acquire him, and it could be just an abject disaster all across the board. They could acquire him, and he could be great, and he could be anywhere in between those points. And there's no way for me to have any real comfortable feeling being like, yeah, I think it's going to be one of these things. I I don't know. There's no way for me to accurately gauge that, um, which makes it really hard for me to sit here and say, okay, I'd be willing to give up this for him, and I'd be willing to pay him that much. There's just so many unknowns with his health, with his age, um, that unless it was really cheap uh, acquiring him uh, picks-wise – I probably wouldn't do it, and I just don't see it being that way. And so, and with the, you know, Peters, you're signing him to a one, two year deal at most. Trent Williams is probably going to get more money. So, if that goes badly, that that can hurt them for a couple of years. So, that I'd be scared to do that as much as I recognize the potential for it to be a, a great acquisition. Just, what I think it would cost them and the risk involved in making that type of move, I'd probably stay away. But I don't feel good even saying that just because of the potential upside that could be. I just don't know. I have no way to gauge what I'd be comfortable giving up for him. And bear this in mind, Trent Williams was in the Pro Bowl seven straight years. So that tells you how good he is. But here's the other part of the equation. The last time that Trent Williams played a full season, missing zero games, 2013. So there's always going to be injury issues with him, and they're going to get worse as he gets older. Remember, while people will say that he's fresher because he did rest all of last year, he's still a year older. And this isn't like Le'Veon Bell where he's 27. We're talking about a guy who is 32 and an offensive lineman who has a very big body that's already injury prone. So I would be fine with having Trent Williams on this team, and I would pay top dollar for him if he was a free agent. But... He's not a free agent. You would have to trade premium picks on top of paying him, and it's a risky gambit. So if I were the Jets, I would stay in contact with the Skins and see how it plays out, but I suspect that there's no way that the Redskins are going to take anything less than a really big trade offer to trade him, and I'm not so sure I'd be willing to do it based on what we talked about. Chris, last thing before we go here on the mailbag, I thought this was the perfect way to end the mailbag because it encapsulates something that we talk about a lot. 
This was something that somebody posted on Twitter. When you hear the TV static sound of the HBO logo, what theme song pops into your head first? For me, it's Deadwood because it's my favorite show ever and I've watched it a lot. That's what the person who tweeted it said. And that person is at Grotesque Ego on Twitter. Me, personally, there are a lot of great shows on HBO, but whenever I hear that staticky noise, the theme song that I hear and the vision in my head is Tony Soprano and The Sopranos, no question about it. To me, for as many great shows as HBO has had over the years, that's the most iconic show that they've ever had in terms of cultural relevance, in terms of popularity, and in terms of it just being a great show. And there are a lot of answers. I'm sure we could say Curb Your Enthusiasm, Deadwood, as the person who tweeted it said, is another acceptable answer. Certainly The Wire. There are plenty of good answers, but to me, it's The Sopranos. Yeah, for me, this is an easy answer, and that's The Wire. Um, and for me, that's... That's the first show that I really got uh, hooked on, like the the first TV show in general. I mean, you know, I I watched a lot of uh, Seinfeld and loved that, and but the first TV show I loved The Sopranos. It was great, but The Wire got me on a level that uh, nothing had previously before. And I still remember the first day that I ever saw that first episode. I had just happened to be home. Uh, and I was just sitting there. I was just like, oh, what's this show? And I remember watching that first scene and I was like, oh my God, I was hooked. And that the sound from that. And then on top of that, I don't know that there's any show that exists that I've watched more than The Wire. I, I have binged The Wire so many times over. I would go back and watch the older seasons while it was still going. And I've watched it all the way through probably close to 10 times since it's been off the air. So I've by far spent most more time watching that show than any other HBO show. So that I associate that noise with the wire more than anything else. Curb would be probably a close second for me. Um, and, and then you know, probably Sopranos third, but the wire is the easy runaway answer for me. There are no wrong answers to this exercise. And certainly HBO has provided us with a whole lot of shows that we could think of as iconic and that we could put into the category of number one when we hear that static and see the HBO logo. So no wrong answers there. It's whatever feels right to you. And that's going to be a different story when it comes to free agency and the draft because there's going to be a lot of differing opinions and some people are going to take it very, very personally and Joe Douglas better get it right or he's not going to have the HBO reputation of being able to have the Midas touch, but we'll see what happens there. Maybe he should watch The Sopranos and The Wire to get himself revved up and ready to make the right decisions for free agency and the draft. I would think that's a fairly decent strategy. It usually gets me pumped up to do things. Chris, thanks so much for joining me as always on the mailbag. We're going to do that preview and then of course we will do daily updates based on what happens in free agency. Going to be an exciting time. As we've said many times, wish it wasn't as important for the Jets because it would be nice if the Jets had a really good roster and they just had to tinker a little bit and the highlight of the season was the playoff push but unfortunately that hasn't been the case for the last few years it's been free agency in the draft where the Jets have had the spotlight on them so we head into free agency now Chris and I know that you and Michael Nania have a ton of stuff that you've got going over at JetsInsider.com yeah well it'd be really nice to go into a season and just be like or into a free agency period and be like yeah they're not going to do too much here so so I'm personally hoping for that for my own sanity and mental protection because just dealing with fans and I get it, but you know, they want everybody. They want this. It'd be nice to be able to roll into a season without those types of expectations and not having to stay on top of everything so much, but here we are. And that's not the case for this year. So Nanny has got a bunch of free agent uh, profiles up there right now. Um, you know, most of the the bigger names that we've been talking about and thinking he's got guys up there. Uh, by the time this airs, I will have um, a couple of different free agency related posts up there. And obviously, as the uh, the t- legal tampering period comes, we'll start having more stuff pumping out there. Um, 
about what rumors we're hearing, what they're looking at, where they're going, the realistic uh, possibilities of guys, seeing how that shakes out, and we'll have updates from signings and everything all the way through, of course. Uh, but there will be a whole bunch, plenty of uh, free agency uh, content up there for you guys to consume. Make sure that you're following Chris on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider. Read his very big deal work, and there's going to be some great stuff coming up during free agency over at JetsInsider.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.